All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back for another episode of On the Pitch Pod. May the 4th be with you all, and a special happy birthday to my co-host and good friend here, Leo Spicciotis. Leo, happy birthday. How are we feeling? I'm good. Thank, thanks for the birthday shout-out. I'm doing well. I had a, a nice day, a pretty nice dinner, had a good pork chop tonight, a couple cocktails. So it's a nice day, a busy weekend, too. I had Greek Easter on Sunday, so if we got any... Orthodox listeners out there, hope you also had a nice Easter this Sunday. And uh, yeah, I'm just good. Pretty tired, long day, but uh, we had some great games per usual. We had the big controversy over the weekend, the big protest, a game canceled, not something you see too often. So we got loads to talk about and I'm excited to get into it. I'm excited to get into it. Thank you for taking the time out of your birthday to join us and grace us with this podcast. Uh, We had to switch from our normal schedule on Mondays to Tuesdays because, you know, Mondays are just a busy day for us. Summer's coming around. We got a 16-inch softball league starting up, and uh, we need that. That's our say. That's our that's our thing. So it'll be it'll be good to get that going. It's a lot of fun. Year three for the the humongous Melonheads. We're looking to make some moves. (laughs) Leo, you excited about the season coming up? Oh, I can't wait. It's it's what gets me through my work days. Um, it's something to look forward to. Now we're doing it twice a week. Yep. And uh, even if we're not the best, which obviously we're trying to be. We look the best. We look the best. We got some fresh unis. Shout out Joe Hines for those. Um, but yeah, it's exciting. Uh, and we all love getting out there, having some beers afterwards. So it'll be a good time. If there's any local listeners out there, we play at uh, Rand Park and Displains on Mondays and Mellis on Thursdays, correct? Yeah, we'll be at Mellis on Thursday nights. You want to come have a beer with us? We'll be at Red Barn on Thursdays. We'll be at Countryside on Mondays. So feel free to come talk some soccer with us at the bar if you really want to, if you're that bored. So uh, yeah, it'll be a good time. Yes, and and as excuse me, as always, please uh, remember to follow our Twitter page at On the Pitch Pod. Uh, that's our only form of social media right now. That's where we spew most of our thoughts, give a lot of live updates, game stuff. If you can't you know, watch the game, you can tune in there. We'll try and keep you posted as best we can. Uh, and any announcements about schedule or podcasts in general will be, will be through the Twitter page, so make sure to give us a follow. Yeah, and we'll, we'll be doing uh, some betting this summer too when the Euro starts. We, we hit that cold streak a few months ago and just decided it would be best if we focused on the podcast and hopefully... In the fall, too, when uh, we would imagine we're getting full stadiums, we should be able to get a better read on these games. So we're looking forward to getting back into that, too. Yeah. Is, uh, have we talked about have the, Bear, the Bears drafted Justin Fields? Did that happen since we've had a podcast? No, that happened over the weekend. Right. Shout so. out the Bears. We thought we were dead in the water. Um, yeah, that was that was crazy. We, that was probably the most exciting thing that's happened to Bears. Yeah, not even just the Bears. There was a lot of draft excitement all over the place. You know, people were drafting partners. Travis Etienne went to the Jags. Jamar Chase went to the Bengals. Uh, So, you know, right now it seems like everybody got an A grade in the draft class. but uh, Except except their boy John Gruden. Yeah, except John Gruden, except maybe the pack. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, the pack. Oof. The Cowboys went out and got six defensive players with their first six picks. Maybe uh, they can, you know, stop somebody and Dak doesn't have to throw for 5,000 yards a game. Yeah, but. maybe they don't let up uh, 50 points a game like they were uh, this past season. So a lot of crazy stuff that happened over the weekend. And, uh, oh, our Blackhawks, our dear Blackhawks yeah, are eliminated. Officially eliminated. Um, screw you, Stan Bowman. You stink. He's the, he's the 
general manager for the United States hockey team now, so it's everybody's yeah. problem, not just ours not now. Not just ours. Um, the Bulls stink. Bulls um, stink. <laughs> the Bulls stink. Cubs knocked out Clayton Kershaw in one inning today, though. That's that was, his shortest ever game pitched. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, shout out to our boy Chris Bryant. Maybe an MVP winner this year. I don't know if he keeps his pace. I don't know. He's, he's going to be in the conversation. He's, uh, he's, it's a payday year for him. He's trying to get paid, you know? Yeah, Same definitely. with Dabrinkit right now with the Hawks. He's uh, he's trying to get paid. So We'll jump in. We'll start with the big controversy between Liverpool and United. Like Leo said, you never see a game postponed or suspended, aside from COVID reasons. And, and uh, Also, the, no offense to any other fan base out there, but this is indeed probably the biggest game in England. Um, the two biggest fan bases, um, historical matchup, big rivalries. So yeah, it's like it's like the Ran- Yankees and Red Sox playing each other. It was uh, uh, not something you see too often. Just imagine, imagine the Yankees and Red Sox got a game for Sunday night baseball, and a bunch of Yankees fans said, uh, "Screw the owners, we're marching out onto the field and stopping the team buses from even getting to the stadium so they could get in there." So. It was a, a crazy, crazy weekend. A lot of talking points from that. Uh, a lot of comments from everyone in English football. Um, our stupid guy over at Barstool Sports, KFC, talked about it. Um, no offense to any KFC fans out there, but I don't like KFC. Um, his comments were kind of dumb. Uh, he didn't really do any research about the topic. He just kind of was like, oh, these people are hooligans. And like, Soccer is crazy, and like <laughs> soccer fans are hooligans. Well, I mean, like, honestly, nice, it, it made it. It was such big news. It made it. I was watching PTI the other day. I don't know why, but it was um, Wilbon and Kornheiser were talking about it on PTI, and Kornheiser admitted he's like, I truly have no idea what this is, what's going on. Um, but they did highlight that in America, you know, if you didn't like the owners, you Dan, just gotta live with it, right? Dan Snyder wouldn't be the owner of the Washington Football <laughs> Team anymore. But that's not the case. You don't like the owners, you you go shove it, uh, and that's. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they got Woodward out, but now they're saying that Woodward, you know, is planned for him to leave for a while now. Uh, I don't know if that's true or if that's, you know, a little fire extinguisher on the flame. Uh, but it doesn't usually work that easily with, with owners. And some of the footage from when they were actually on the pitch and there were the, the Sky Sports people <laughs> up there, like Lee Dixon, whoever was up, you know, doing the pre-match interviews and, and, and TV they were throwing flares up there, and they were all screaming at them. It was it was wild to see. There was a lot of fans that got onto the field, you know? Yeah, there was a lot of fans. Probably over uh, 10,000 people showed up to this protest, maybe even more. I don't know. But uh, it was unfortunate to see, too. We, we, we heard uh, some people got hurt during this. Uh, I saw live footage of a cop, like, getting carried out of there. So there was violence at the cops. There was violence at the protesters. So... Overall, uh, not a good look for anyone involved. Obviously, you want to get your point across, but there there are ways to do that. But hey, they they were fed up and something they they felt that was the course of action. I mean, even if even if you want to go storm the field, I, I don't really care if you go do that. Um, but the the whole violence thing and throwing bottles at cops and stuff that's that's where you got to draw the line. Those those cops got nothing to do with the Glazers. They're just there doing their job. So right. that was uh, not a good look, but hey, here we are. It's 2021. People haven't seen a Manchester United game in person in I don't know how long, and things boiled over. And this this has been this has been building up since the Glazers bought the family. So I guess you could give a little history there. I think it was 2004 they bought the family. 
They bought it with seven hundred million in debt, um, and they've just been taking dividends ever since. So that's kind of been the big uh, issues. People feel that they're just in it for the money, and you can make that argument. They don't really go to the games too often. They have absolutely no connection with the fans. And, yeah, they, they do kind of take paychecks. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're taking fat paychecks. They're taking fat paychecks. Yeah, giant paychecks. Um, I've seen some people on Twitter complain about the the state of Old Trafford. Apparently there's there's holes in the roofs. Like, uh, it's just not as nice on the interior as it once was. Obviously, I've never been, so I, I can't confirm these things. I saw people complaining that water leaks down on them because the roof uh, that covers, you know, the fans has holes and... You just have a constant stream of water coming down on your head at games. So uh, just not putting enough into the club, not... Uh, not reinvesting much... their, their, their profits yeah, instead, exactly. into bettering the club. You know, they, they, I, it makes sense to me, you know, when you... If you work for a boss or an owner for a company that's just feeding his own pocket and has no growth intention, no future plans for the club, and you're in that seat looking for... A way forward, it can feel like a death trap, you know, being stuck in that situation. Uh, and I think Manchester United fans are just, they're, they're, you know, Sir Alex Ferguson's in their blood. They're accustomed to winning. They're accustomed to success. They're accustomed to being the best, right? There's a reason that Manchester United-Liverpool game is the most popular game in, in, in sports, arguably. Uh, it's because historically that rivalry has been so fierce and both clubs have been so good throughout their history. Um, and... That has a lot to do with the fans. When the fans aren't a part of it, the fans aren't a part of the decisions of the front office. Uh, you 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 see it boil over, and it's not just Manchester United. You know, it happened with Newcastle. It's happening with Arsenal. Arsenal, they didn't break into the stadium, but there was that massive protest, right? Um, and it's it's not a it's not a one off, which is I, w- I don't want to say concerning. I think it's enlightening. I think it's it's uh, starting to bring bring emphasis and bring a light to a problem within world football and with, with within world sports ownership that it is uh, very separated from the fans. And, you know, I'm not a huge Chelsea guy, but shout out to Chelsea. I saw something today that they're going to let fans be a part of board meetings so that they're more in tune with, like, club decisions. Yeah, shout out Roman Abramovich. Right, and I've given Roman Abramovich shit to, to my buddy Yarko for years about, mm-hmm. you know, like this Russian oil money, yada, yada, yada. And that seems to be the only ones doing the right thing. They were the first ones to leave the Super League. They're the they're the first ones to include fans in what seems like a Green Bay Packers style type ownership deal. Not so much, but you know, giving some fan inclusion into decision making. Yeah. And I think that's going to go a long way. I don't know, you know, whether the fans will necessarily have any say or be happy with those decisions, but at least they'll be informed. I think the biggest thing is fa- fans hate being lied to, right? Nobody likes being lied to, and. When it seems like your your owners couldn't care any less about you, and they're lying to your face, and they're only in it for themselves. That's what you see people, you know, breaking in, throwing bottles, getting rowdy. I'm all right, and uh, you know, Manchester United is the biggest club worldwide. It's not just in Manchester; yeah, they got fans. You know, there's no denying that. It's you can go to the the smallest corner of any. Of any part of this globe, and you'll find a Manchester United fan, or at least somebody who knows who Manchester United is. Uh, these were just the minority of people in the rights in in the location at the time. The ones that actually right. matter, the right. ones that are in Manchester, not the fans that are in the states so. or in the other country. The ones that actually matter that go to the games week in and week out. And uh, a lot of people in the U.S. I feel like have this misconception that oh, they're just 
that pissed about the Super League. And that's kind of what these other uh, put it protests, over the top, right? Yeah, the people kind of feel like, oh, uh, you know, they're just that crazy about this whole Super League thing. And some of these other protests uh, at these other clubs are more based around that, and they were upset about the Super League. But like we said, this has been happening for some time now this glazers out movement i don't think the fans even liked it when they first bought the team right there was that um, that picture or some tweet i saw was uh the the, the, the menu fans only like this because they're not winning or they're not the top of the table and there yeah, was a picture so, from 2010 of everybody with the green and yellow flags for the glazers yeah out. so i think it was graham Sunis, uh old liverpool guy he said uh that manchester united fans are only like this now that the team has been winning for the past few years and then someone exposed that and pulled up uh, a picture of a 2010 protest during the middle of a, a, a Manchester United game with Wayne Rooney on the field and Sir, Sir Alex Ferguson managing the squad in the middle of, uh, I think it was uh, right after the Champions. Year? I think they had won yeah. the Champions League like the they year before. They won the League Cup that year too, I think. So they were they were definitely winning. And then when you, you, when you look back at that picture, David Beckham's in the picture rocking the Glazers out scarf. So it's not something that was just, oh, we're just that mad about the Super League. Like this this has been going on for years now, and this was kind of just the last straw. And I, I don't really know what's going what's gonna to happen from here. I mean, these, these, these Manchester United supporters seem pretty content with uh, protesting until they're out. I, I don't know how long they can keep this up. Uh, if I'm saying anything about the Glazers, I would say that this is a good thing for them that this is happening at the end of the season because hopefully you can get to summer and it, it kind of dies down a little bit. But I, I mean, they they literally stopped the game. I don't I don't know how you come back from that. They gotta they gotta match. I think it's in Italy on Thursday, thankfully, so we'll be able to watch that game unless somehow some way they make the trip out to Rome and start protesting there but with this upcoming game this weekend that uh, in the Premier League I don't know how that's going to boil down are we going to are we going to see the same thing are they going to block the road off for well, the definitely buses crazy security no way they no way they can manage to postpone two in a row there's too much money lost if they yeah. postpone two in a row the but yeah the game stuff you're going to get replayed I mean you you have to replay the game for maybe not Manchester United's sake because they they got second place unlocked but for Liverpool, it's a big game. You got to get that win to push for top four. So the game's definitely going to be replayed. We'll see when that happens. But just uh, pretty crazy, man. I, I'm I'm in support of these fans. I'm not in support of the way they did it, but I'm in support that uh, they should get the Glazers out. My dad hates the Glazers. My dad's been talking about how much he hates Edward Ed Woodward in the Glazers for I don't know how many years now, and. When I was younger, even, you know, in high school and stuff, I didn't I didn't really get it, you know. People act like you're so old and mature in high school, but you still don't get a lot of these things. <laughs> like, you're, you're 15 and you think you know everything. And now you look back on it at <coughs> 22, 23 now, and you you really see what's going on and you understand it uh, to a better extent. And, yeah, I don't know. I the Glazers seem pretty firm about not selling the team. They are pretty firm on not apologizing about anything either. And hopefully something gets resolved out of it. And like Patrick said, they want more say. They want the Bundesliga style to be like the 50 plus one. They want slight majority ownership or something. So I don't know what's going to happen. 
Yeah, I mean, that pretty much wraps up that conversation. Arsenal, apparently Daniel Eck, the Spotify guy, is preparing a $1.8 billion bid. That's not going to be enough money. Um, and even if it was, they probably would say no anyways. Other than that, I don't know any about any other owner yeah, news. I think, I think Fenway Sports Group is fine. I know, I know some people are a little upset about it, but I think they've done pretty good for the club over the past five, six years especially. They've invested a lot of money in the club and things of that nature. So I think they're, they'll be fine. I know Klopp likes them. I know uh, the players like the owners. The apology, obviously, uh, you know, the apology can be only so heartfelt as it was, but I think it was a more accepted apology from Fenway Sports Group for Liverpool. Um, but, yeah, the Manchester United is the, the sole focus of what's going to happen with owners. All right, you want to hop into Champions League? Yeah, so we'll, we'll hop into Champions League. We'll do some Premier League at the end. We'll do our Europa League right after Champions League. We had the two games last week. Unfortunately, uh, since we're doing this on Tuesday, we already know the results. Uh, Manchester United, or not Manchester United, Manchester City, congratulations. You are finally in the Champions League final, the first time ever. And uh, Off to Istanbul. Off to Istanbul. They're packing their bags. And, I heard Istanbul uh, is beautiful this time of year, Leo. No comment. <laughs> no comment. Um, we'll not get into that. I will say shout out Istanbul to creating one of the greatest memories of Liverpool of all time. One miracle had to make Istanbul. it about you. Had to make it about you. Yeah. Well, you had to make that little comment. Yeah, that, I no, did. You know. Yeah, so sorry. I had to twist that a little bit. But shout out Pep first Champions League final in ten years, which is really weird to think about because he's probably the best manager in the world. He's finally back. We're going to see guys like Aguero who have been there forever finally get a crack at it. So that's exciting to see. Obviously, the two of us kind of dislike Manchester City. But, you know, since we're doing this pod, we have to talk good about them. So it'll be ha- it'll be good to see some of these guys that have been there for so long finally getting uh, a crack at it, uh, especially with Aguero being this last season. Hopefully he can finally get one and bring it home and really show uh, how far along this club's come. Right, you know, I mean, I'm not Man City's biggest fan, I'm not saying that, but at this point, you know, in the Champions League, when it's the last four, I've come to just respect how good they are. They played a completely different squad at the weekend, and they won 2-0, I forget who they played. But Crystal, Crystal Palace, Palace, and they dominated Dominated them, right? And they had a they had Sterling, Aguero, Ferran Torres, Mendy played, Cancelo played, Laporte, Nathan Ake played, everybody else, literally a whole different team yeah. played. And they still dominated, and then they came out today, and they, they dominated PSG. Uh, for the most part, you know, they looked in control. PSG had their moments, but Ruben Diaz was an absolute monster at the back. Yeah, per usual. He got he got man of the match. He must have blocked like six or five or six shots on goal. And then by the end of the game, you'd say you could see how frustrated Neymar was, how frustrated Verratti and Paredes and Ander Herrera were. And when yeah, they get they frustrated, were, they, they were getting frustrated. They're starting to get chippy. They there, start kicking yeah. out, and Paredes yeah. is kind of a little scumbag. Like he, he yeah. he'll, he'll, I mean, Di Maria got sent off today for for the wild stamp on uh, on Fernandinho. I mean, Fernandinho kind of caused it in the first place, but that's kind of the biggest pet peeve of mine is when people lose their heads like that. I understand how frustrating it is, and 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 especially when you see the clock at sixty three minutes and you're down three goals on aggregate and you need four to you know to win. It's a demoralizing feeling, and it's yeah. demoralizing to keep playing, and you want to do everything you can, but 
kind of sucks when the game gets so stop and start because everyone's pushing each other every 10 seconds, mm-hmm. you know. It's just you want to see that open game where if it's a foul, you stop, you put it down, you try and score. Go, 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 go. And that's the game we kind of thought we were going to get. Yeah. Didn't get it. Uh, my I bet I bet the under today, two and a half, so I'll take it. But Yeah, you know. overall, with both legs, I thought City were in control both legs. Um, Mara's masterclass. Mara's has been playing phenomenal the Phil past Foden, like, two months. Bro. I can't believe I Phil didn't, Foden, I didn't shout him absolute out. Absolute dog, unbelievable. But they they really dominated possession, and it really seemed like when PSG did get the ball, they were you know trying to force the issue, yeah, if you Neymar will. Was definitely, they were really things. trying to get forward as quickly as possible, and then especially in the second leg, obviously they're you know in desperation mode and lacking they, they were just kind of lacking uh uh focus too because when they, when they got up there it was like everyone was trying to make a play and that's just not going to get it done against probably the best defense in europe so yeah. it was uh and a Cardi frustrating two legs it car just been invisible he since, invisible. He, since yeah. he got there true but uh yeah, City we're we're in full force and our our friend John Hafner said said it perfectly. They're like they're just a unit. Like they're they're they are. They're, they're, there's they're no moving. derailing them. They're they're a team of destiny right now. What is it? They've only given up two goals away in like the whole Champions League or something crazy like that. They their their goals against I love that they can play a false nine. You know, Kevin De Bruyne looks they don't need a striker. They left Aguero and and Gabriel Jesus just sitting on the bench, just parked. <laughs> you know? Sergio Aguero's a top three Premier League striker of all time, arguably top three or four in goals all time. Is he? What is he? Two now? Three? He's up. He's definitely top three. He's definitely. And top he's three. just sitting on your bench. You know, we're like, we don't need him. We'll play Phil Foden, Kevin De Bruyne at a false nine, and uh, Riyad Mahrez, who has three Bernard, goals. And Bernardo Silva was in the line. Played in the middle, and it's the thing is, they just pass, pass, pass. When they would get into those advanced positions, there were no rush to go score a goal. KDB would be up there by himself. Bernardo would come. Be like, all right, go take him on. Go to goal. And no, just dribble around. Pass, 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 pass. Uh, shout out to Ederson. That, that oh. ball he played, the Zinchenko, is just unbelievable. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, those guys make it look easy. I mean, that is, is this no easy feat to kick the ball from uh, your own penalty yards. spot. Yeah. Perfect pass uh, on the run into Zinchenko, and that's what created that first goal. Perfect timing. He was like a half step onside. It was right just, on, right on over the that's, half line. That's why they get paid the big, big bucks. You, you ain't seeing that if you come watch my Sunday league. No. So, uh, yeah, overall, I, I think they're the clear favorites to go on and win this thing. I think they have been um, basically the entire season. They've, they've, done, they've been the best team in Europe by far. Um, so, real quick, before we get into uh, our Chelsea-Real Madrid talk, if we do get an all-English final, who are you rooting for to win that? If we, if we unfortunately get a Manchester City-Chelsea final, who, who are you backing to win that? Kind of, who am I backing to win? I'm backing Man City. Well, or who I, I guess want to win? Yeah, if you have to pick a team that you're... All right, I'm rooting for this team to win this game. Who, who are you picking? Because Chelsea, Chelsea's that little London rival. Um, yeah, I just don't like Chelsea, man. I'm just not a fan. But they got Pulisic. They got Mason Mount, and he was a beast at the weekend. That touch over his shoulder, out of the air, from Thiago Silva. Yeah. Oh, it was so good again against, would they play Fulham, maybe? Yeah, yeah. they played Fulham over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I don't know. That's a tough question. I just, I'm hoping for a lot of, I'm hoping for an exciting final since it's only one leg. I hope it's 
you know, an early goal. I hope I hope someone gets uncomfortable early. I'd love to yeah. see Chelsea come out and score a goal eight minutes in, and then you know City's just going to be throwing the pressure on them. Azpilicueta's going to kick the ball into the 15th row to waste as much time as possible, you know. <laughs> he's going to roll around a oh, little bit Oh, you're going to clip Azpi's ankles, and he's going to, like, have a seizure on the field. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, but I think I, I'll be pulling for Man City. Yeah, I think I will be too. Um I know more Chelsea fans than I do Man City fans, which is probably True. a good thing. Uh, you know, I, I'd rather have people be fans of Chelsea. Maybe that's not a good thing, but honestly, it's kind of I random think... considering they're both clubs that weren't relevant for them until ten <laughs> years ago. But, but uh, yeah, I know more Chelsea fans than I do Manchester City fans. I don't want my Chelsea fans, aka my brother, to be all happy about this dang Champions League. So I hope they lose tomorrow too. Um, I I want Real Madrid to somehow squeak this out. I want Real Madrid to somehow beat Manchester City. If my my Liverpool Reds aren't going to be winning it, I don't want anyone in the Premier League doing it. Um, I will feel happy for Manchester City, the players, but overall the club, the fans, you guys, you guys can go fly a kite. Um, but yeah, we'll hop into the Chelsea Real Madrid game that we watched last weekend, uh, or not last weekend, last week. We had Christian Pulisic with a great goal. Um, I don't know what the real really Madrid weird, yeah. center midfielders were doing. Um, and so the, the ball got too. played over the top. Great ball by Rudiger. Pulisic, great uh, composure, great touch. And then, like, it was almost like we were watching, like, a 7-on-7. Seven seven, like slow like, motion, yeah. It was, like, it was like you and your teams playing, like, a 7-on-7 seven seven in practice. And, you know, all right, they got the ball in the box. We're not going to go try and, like, clip a guy or something. Like, it's, it's a Champions League semifinal. Nobody, nobody went near him. And he probably had the ball for, like, three or four seconds. And just, I was expecting someone to eventually just come out of the screen and clean, pressure him from the back. Clock, yeah. And there's just there's just no one there. So, I don't know what, what was going on there for Real Madrid. But Pulisic, great goal. Um, just to have that composure and not even worry about someone possibly coming in from behind you. Um, great to see. First U.S.-born player to score in the Champions League semifinal. He's really hit his stride over the past month. I think it was four goals in his last six games under two goals. So, shout out to him. Obviously, we're always going to be pulling for our boy. And then uh, our our man that we singled out last week's pod. We were saying who's going to be a big player in this in this uh, two leg game. And uh, our boy Kareem Benzema, fantastic goal. Yeah, it was. He uh, he was licking his lips, and I mean quite literally licking his lips during the Champions League song at the beginning of the of the game. I looked at him, and I was like, oh, this man's going to score a goal. So I hustled, got a little <laughs> $5 bet in on him right as they were you know, taking the knee for Black Lives Matter. Um, he he read that game, that goal, so perfectly. He, he took a quick step back right before the ball came to him, and then it hit him literally... If it was like, a it centimeter was so higher, fast. right? I a centimeter higher, it's that. over his head. You know, a centimeter lower, it probably hits him in the face. He jumps back a little bit, heads it forward to him, and then does a typical, you know, number nine, just get the ball in the back of the net. Don't let it hit he the ground. He blasted it yeah. too. I mean, that he. I love that. He had no chance. Right. I love that he didn't need that extra like let it bounce to settle himself. He just threw his leg at it, whacked it into the goal, and it was a it was a great finish from. Arguably the most consistent, you know, La Liga player since you know For not the past named, ten years. Not named Messi. He's probably the most consistent, you know, player. Uh, you said earlier I want Chelsea to go through. I'm not a huge like Madrid guy. That first goal was really whack because Varane and Militao, Adair Militao, both ran to the goal line like they were like the last man trying to keep the ball out of the net, and no one went and stepped to Pulisic. <laughs> 
and then you whoever was playing solo just kind of dragging around yeah, on the other side of the screen right and that's one thing that like the Premier League teams would definitely have like another Premier League team would have had someone sprint at Christian Pulisic yeah. as fast as they could probably would have given up a penalty before they let happen what <laughs> what happened on that goal um, but in the end we didn't see anything else after that after that Benzema goal yeah the the match really slowed down yeah. both teams uh, going into that second half they know the game's 1-1 they they don't want to take any risks going into that second leg and being down the goal, especially for Real Madrid not letting up a, another away goal. So the game really slowed down that second half, unfortunately. But all to play for tomorrow. I'm expecting an open game, especially if we get an early goal, uh, say by Chelsea. You know, uh, Real Madrid's gonna have to get two going. That's the key in these in these ties. Is like I love an early goal, right? Yeah, it opens everything. It opens up. everything up, and you know the games today was playing on that we snow it field. It was that hail field, and the opening the early goal came, and you could just feel the intensity rose. And even though we didn't see a ton of goals in the game, you could tell the heat and the intensity was there way earlier than it might have been had that early goal not come. That's why these second ties are so much more intense than the first ties because. As you said, after those goals were scored, they slowed down. No one really wanted to give up a step. Yeah. Everyone was okay with their position going into the second leg. No one wanted to be that guy. Right. And you know, and you saw PSG had to come out and take it today. They couldn't do it. And we'll see. You know, Madrid's got to go out and take it tomorrow. If Chelsea catches them early, we're really going to see a stretch Madrid, and then the game might get really fun. So I'm, I'm hoping we get a, a fun one tomorrow. Yeah, you got uh, – which, which player for both teams would you say – if uh, someone's gonna win the win the leg for them, who who's gonna be the guy for each team? Who's doesn't have to be a goal scorer, but who who do you think's got to be the most influential guy for each team? Uh, well, I think it'll be interesting to see if N Hazard starts tomorrow because he started at the weekend. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he got uh, thirty minutes in uh, 30, that first leg. Yeah, and I think he started this weekend. I can't. I'm not positive about that. Don't quote me. But I know he played. Um, I think the game is going to be won or lost by Kai Havertz had two this past weekend, all set up on beautiful little through balls. I think the game is going to be won and lost by Casemiro at Real Madrid. I think whether he holds in front of that six, if he blows things up there and lets Kroos and, and, and Modric play more offense than defense and keeps Mason Mount off the ball because he's really Chelsea's date most dangerous player. If he keeps Mason Mount off the ball from sliding in Ziyech or if he plays or Werner or Havertz, or Pulisic, if he keeps him, if he allows them to get in front of that back four and pull him out, pull Varane and Militao out, they're gonna be in, they're gonna be in deep trouble. So I think that game's gonna be won and lost by Mason Mount and Casemiro. Yeah, I definitely agree with Mason Mount. Uh, like Patrick said, he's been their most dangerous player for I don't know how many months now. He he's been their best player. Uh, I would say of the entire season. I'm giving him PFA, like not PFA, like Chelsea player Chelsea of the season. Player of the year, he's, yeah. he's he's my vote. Yeah, so I think uh, if Mason Mount goes, Chelsea goes, um, and then looking at the Real Madrid side, um, I'm I'm going Luka Modric. I'm staying in that midfield. Uh, I think Luka Modric has to have a big game. Um, he's the big game guy in that in that midfield. He's the guy that has played in countless finals. Obviously, Cruz and uh, Casemiro played in those finals, but more recently, you know, he just won uh, the Ballon d'Or. I think if if they're gonna go, I think Luka Modric might even bag a goal. Uh, he'll he'll give us one of those nice little left-footed, low-driven shots from outside the box or something, or play a lovely through ball for someone. Uh, he's got to be the maestro for me. I yeah, that's a great pick. 
He uh, there's so much experience in that Real Madrid midfield. You know they played in so many big games. They've been to four, champ- five Champions League finals. Won a bunch Something of them. Something crazy, right? They won a ton <laughs> of them, and they've you know a semifinal is like nothing to them at this point. They, it's almost expected that they make it this far. And uh, you're right, no one's played in the more bigger games than Luka Modric. They're saying he's going to sign a new deal at the end of the season. So, you know, it's time to show it. Him and Zidane. Always been, you know, that he's always had faith in, in Modric. When when there was talk that his career was dying, Zidane kind of rejuvenated that a little bit. And yeah, even when, when he first uh, went to Real Madrid, the fans didn't like him for like right. a season or two. So, yeah, I, it'll be a very interesting tie for sure. So what we're and, saying, Madrid's uh, got to win the midfield. Madrid's got to win the middle of the park. That's how they did it. That's how they've been doing it. They, that's how they beat Liverpool, right? Oh, they don't. Oof. We, we got dominated right. in the midfield. Tony Kroos had a master class. And, you know, it's uh, they should win the midfield. That's uh, that's what those guys have been yeah, there doing their Jorginho's entire career. Jorginho is nowhere near the class of the rest of those guys. That's, that's what they've been doing their whole their whole lives. So. And maybe Kovacic, but I think like we were saying, the key is they got to be playing more offense than defense, right? They can't be if they're sitting back, right? And they're letting the pressure come to them and trying to play on the break. It's not. It's not going to. I don't well. think it's going to go well. They got too much pace in that Chelsea side to really be sitting back and playing that type time, playing that style. Yeah. Well, you know they have the away goal. They they don't have the away goal, so they're chasing already. So maybe that'll pull them out right from the start. I hope they press their press their faces off. I hope they play a fast front three. You know, Vinicius, Benzema, and maybe a Rodrigo or you know Asensio in the middle of the park instead yeah, of out wide. We'll, we'll see if Hazard is a full go. Yeah, well, who knows? I'm excited for that game. It'll be yeah, good. I'm very excited. We'll be uh, we'll be live tweeting that game. It's at, so it's at the bridge, follow. correct? It is at the bridge. Yeah. So I wonder yeah, how we'll the weather in England is com- compared to yeah, what it was in Manchester. Today. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that'll wrap us up on the Champions League talk. We'll talk Europa League. I'll let Patrick go ahead and explain what what the hell we saw for about 80 minutes. Yeah, it wasn't great from Arsenal. Not going to lie. It <laughs> wasn't great. Uh, went down in the first six minutes off, uh, off of, like, a knockdown, and Treguero scored. To be honest, Villarreal had a great game plan, and they got a, a lot of really good players in that squad. Gerard Moreno's a stud. Uh, they got Juan Foyt, the former Tottenham guy, at right back. They, they got, got Unai Amore leading the team. I mean, he set him up really well, and this <laughs> yeah, is his did. competition. Like He knows what he's doing, and he knows how to beat Arsenal. I mean, it's pretty much the same team as when he had it. Uh, respect to Unai Emery. He was very respectful about playing Arsenal and said everything, you know, it was very uh, complimentary towards Arteta and the new regime. Um, but he set up a master a master game plan. They kind of they looked like the better side than Arsenal for oh, most yeah, of the game. Definitely looked like. The and they got a lot of experience in that team too. Raul Albiol. I mean, how many games has that guy played? You know, a ton. Pau <laughs> Torres been there forever. And then up front they got Gerard Moreno and Chukweze. And We've also been there forever. Danny Parejo's been in the La Liga forever, and they were playing at home. You know, and it was. We got lucky with that penalty in the in the 80th something minute. Pepe put it right down the middle, and we come, you know, we're alive with a two one, two one tie going back to London. But they're gonna need a. I, I kind of hope Aubameyang shows up in a big game for once this season. Last year in the Champions League semifinal, second leg, he had a hat trick against Valencia. They won four two. 
Uh, he's recovered from malaria, scored a nice goal at the weekend, like a flying volley. Yeah, yeah, malaria on international duty. He was in the hospital. Jeez. Yeah. All right, that's news to me. Yeah, he. that's <laughs> back when he had that, like, Travis Scott haircut. He doesn't have it anymore. He got rid of that already? Yeah. That was a short stint. That was, <laughs> I think, first thing out of the hospital he did was get rid of that haircut. He, he was probably looking rough in the hospital. He's like, do I really want to look like yeah, this? Yeah, no. Um, so, it's a lot to play for in the second leg. They're chasing a goal. Um, they got an away goal, but... That back line wasn't too convincing, and if they give up a goal early, it's going to be a long I night for me. It's going to look a lot like the Manchester City tied to Yeah, it could, ease, it could like they're a good team. Like I'm not, I'm they're yeah they were the better team in the first the first leg, and that sucks to say out loud. But <laughs> Kieran Tierney's back in training because hopefully that gets granted. Jacques out of left back because he's not a left Has back. He's been playing left. He's been back. playing left <laughs> back. Uh, Saka played well again. Danny Ceballos got sent off in the 60th minute because because he likes getting sent uh, off. I like I like I thought I liked him, you know, because he he's a he he he's creative. He's creative, right? But I don't like him anymore. Madrid can keep him. <laughs> I'm over it. Thomas Party couldn't hit a shot on target if his life depended on it. There was a tweet. There was some guy sitting on top of the Emirates, like looking down, and it's like, be careful, bro. Party might hit you or something. <laughs> he couldn't hit the target for his life. Um, but it's a lot to play for in London. That's that's pretty much all I got for Arsenal Villarreal. Arteta's got he needs this. We're seventh in the Prem. Yeah, like he, he needs, needs this. this. You know, it's all been back to manager, back to manager, back to manager. But if we go out, if we go out looking to Villarreal backwards K style, it's <laughs> it's questions. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of questions for sure. You know, so that's my that's my my take for the for the week. I'm excited for Thursday. Yeah, I uh, I don't have too much to add to the Arsenal tie. Um, I don't know if they're simply. I don't know if they're gonna have the firepower. I mean, obviously they have goal scores, but I don't know in a big game like this if they're gonna have the firepower if they need to to bag uh, three, four goals. If if it comes to that, I just don't know uh, if they have that in them. But you know, you you can never rule anyone out. Obviously, they have guys like Patrick Shadabamiang. Uh, and if if he gets going, if he if he has an, uh, a great game for the first time in however many months and bags two, then you know you're I'm, right in I'm it. I'm calling uh calling it now. Emil Smith Rowe masterclass on oh, Thursday. Count on the young my word on it. Count on the young guy. He's been hot all season, and although his like like the res- like his statistics haven't shown it, he's been arguably the best player in every game. He runs so much, you know. Yeah. You see, like these great teams like City, they just never stop running. They never get tired. It looks like Leeds, they never get tired. Arsenal gets stagnant. We got players like Granit Xhaka, slow player, right? Party, <laughs> slow player. Even Lacazette, ba- Aubameyang, Odegaard, slow players. Emil Smith Rowe, he takes defenders away. He makes Aaron Ramsey runs, you know, like that yeah. that midfielder that runs through the midfield, cuts the back line in half, forces them to kind of forget where that center forward is for a half second. I'm calling a big game from Emil Smith Rowe. Yeah, you, that's ahead. the guy to keep the eye on for sure. Patrick's calling Lock it, it down. So uh, yeah, that'll be a great game to watch. We'll see what Mikel Arteta can come up with uh, tactics wise, and then uh, yeah, we'll shift over to the Manchester United game. Um. Yeah. So the team that I said uh, I was back in to win it all. The more I think about it, too, like they they should win it. You know, like they. You look at the other teams. You got Roma. You got. They're by Arsenal. far the most informed. Like they're team. by far yeah. not only the most informed team, but most just talented. They're the best team yeah. left yeah. in this competition. They should go out and win. 
And what did they do against Roma? They whooped them. We saw this in Cavani yeah. with a great, great, great oh. game. My player of the game. I hope he sticks around um, for another year or two because the guy's he's, he doesn't even look old. No, he doesn't. And he runs he like he's, he runs like he he's twenty five. He runs like a yeah. horse. Yeah, he's always running. And I think that, like, I was just about to say that this is the best he's probably played in, in the last couple of years, but I think that might not even be a fair statement just because we don't get to watch PSG week in, week out. But he's doing this against Premier League opposition. He's doing this in a, in a Europa League semifinal. I know it's Europa League, but Roma's no scrub. Mourinho, you know, is the new head coach announced announced today, confirmed by Fab. <laughs> uh, they're no scrub. And they went out and they dominated them. You know, it was two one Roma at like after like at halftime, I believe. They got the second one off the Cavani, beautiful, beautiful curler into the top corner, and then they never looked back. You know, the Bruno Fernandez with the chip off the one two from Cavani. I think he had two goals and an assist, right? Yeah, he had two goals and an assist. Um, we saw Paul Pogba. He looks really good. Who's really good. Fantastic. Yeah. Great, great stuff out of him out of the past. Uh, Two months, he played a, a great game. He was being aggressive, taking guys on, not losing the ball, um, not lose, not looking slow. No, he looked like a gazelle. He looked like he could actually run. No, it looked he looked like good. He had a motor for once. Um, he was looking good, and uh, it looks like Ali had him set up in the right. He looks like he's found his formation. Yeah. You know, with uh, like a four-two-three-one, but Pogba's playing that left mid, but you know more of an attacking mid than a left winger and lets Luke Shaw get really high up the field. And Luke Shaw's in having a season of his life. And it's allowing Pogba a lot of freedom. And, I mean, six, what was it, 5-2, 6-2? 6-2. We saw Mason Greenwood at the end of the game. Bruno um, pulling strings again. I think there's no way back in this tie for Roma. I think uh, done deal. If they manage to choke, oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, we're going to have a lot of words. We're going to have a lot of... Funny words and not so funny words for our, our guys like uh, Chris Breiersdorf and Tony Pineda, who are av listeners. So hopefully it doesn't come to that. I've been a big Manchester United fan, or not fan, but like I've been supporting what they've been doing over the past I don't know how many months after we gave them all the stick the first you've been two supporting or three months. Ali. That's I've been supporting been Ali. Supporting Ali. I've been uh, supporting what's been going on, and I think they they're gonna. I don't think uh, they're gonna have any issues on Thursday. And I, I think they're going to go on and win this, as they should. They, There's no reason they shouldn't win this. Excuse me. Uh, I agree. It hurts me to say that, but I think that they're, you know, the hottest team right now. They've, they're, they're, they, they know what they, they know what they are. They know who they are. They, they have an identity. Arsenal lacks an identity still. You know, 33 games in the Premier League season. <laughs> we're in the semifinals, Champions League. Villarreal had an identity, and that's why they beat us in that game. You know, we were... Yeah. We kind of looked lost at times, and which is scary to say because, you know, they say we are the Arsenal and we're supposed to be in these big games. We didn't look like we were meant to be in that big game. Manchester United looked like they met like they, that was... They meant business. Like, you know, Roma stepped up, stepped on the gas a little bit, and Man U was like, oh, no, you didn't. And they, they could have easily know? caved in, Man, Man U. They... They showed a lot of they, resilience, and 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 they never, you they know, they didn't don't look back. They could, they have that confidence with guys like Bruno. I think Bruno kind of leads the charge, and now Cavani with he's such a he's such a professional and such a he's been doing it for so long. But Bruno, excuse me, Bruno never looks scared. He always looks confident. He always is dangerous, and that that disseminates to the rest of the team, and it fuels them. And it's like it's like a guy that 
fights in hockey. You know, it really energizes everybody. When Bruno gets the ball and pings a pass or curls one in and it hits the post with his left foot, all of a sudden you got Fred and Scott McTominay running around like, oh shit, we're going to win this game. You know? Yeah, it gives them a boost. Go ahead. Um, yeah, no, that's it. And then also real quick, you know, one more one more nice thing about Ali. Like Patrick <laughs> said, they were down two and a half time. He must have had quite the speech in the locker room. Because they came out guns blazing. They got the goal right away to tie that thing up. Um, so a shout out to my boy, Ollie. <laughs> that, that's, that's all I really had to say. That's uh, all I really got. Um, they, they're going to... They're gonna win this Europa League. It might be tough if they don't win this Europa League. You know, you're, you know, it's gonna be a lot of Ali out if they don't <laughs> if, if they don't win this. Europa yeah, League. you know, I could I could see that. I I could get that. If Who's on the win. bigger hot seat if they don't win, Arteta or Ali? Arteta. I disagree. I think Ali's on a much bigger. hot I mean, seat. the fans are gonna make this nonsense hot seat. I I've been saying it. There's no reason that the, he should be on the hot seat in the first place. You've you've seen the growth in the team throughout this season. You're in second place right now. You you've been playing very well in the league. You've been playing very well in the Europa League. Um, if you get to a final, and unfortunately you don't end up winning that final, um, you know it's it's obviously disappointing. But you know, look I look agree. at you look at yeah, Jurgen your, no. your Klopp. He lost the final. He lost the Europa League final to Sevilla. It's the best Manchester United's looked in five years, to be honest. Yeah. So, I if they somehow manage to lose, I I don't think he. Should be in a hot seat, but I'm sure I'll, I'll go on Twitter and look at the trending and see Ali out trending with like 4,000 tweets or something. So that's uh, that's about it for the Europa League. We'll, we'll touch real quick on the Premier League this past weekend. Obviously, we had the Manchester United-Liverpool game get called off. We had Manchester City absolutely dominate Crystal Palace. Shout out Sergio Aguero. That was a sweet volley. It was. That was just blasted in. Nice first touch. Um, we had our boy Gareth Bale, who's just there for training, finally, finally, do something. He had a hat he looked, trick. He looked five he looked years younger. Great. He looked good. He was sprinting away from guys like outside backs couldn't keep up with him. It was it was good to see. I and was, uh, real quick with Gareth Bale, if he could have had obviously you know hat trick whatever, but if he could have had better form, um, if he could have had better form this entire season. Like he was who what, uh, like he was that third piece that they needed going. Like forward. Spurs would have had a better season. They would have had a much yeah. better season if Gareth Bale just tried a little more. I agree. Like it was supposed to be Kane, Son, and Bale, and, and then that's what, what it, it ended up weekend. being. Yeah. This whole season was Bale riding the bench because he just didn't care. If he played just a little bit better, like this whole season, maybe they're in fourth place. Maybe Mourinho still has a job. I don't know. I agree. But he was supposed to be that third piece up front to take some of that pressure off of Kane and Son. And then what did we get? We had like Lo Celso and Bergwijn and Lucas, who's coming of age. Uh, and Lucas still plays really he hard. He still I plays like great. Lucas. I still I like, like Lucas, Lucas, but he can't be your third piece Counterpoint up front. for you. Is he playing better because Mourinho isn't there? Is it because of Ryan Mason giving Gareth Bale the faith? Because he's like older than Ryan Mason, I'm pretty sure. He is older than yeah, Ryan so Mason. Could that play? Um, I don't think so. Um, I think if Bale was on Spurs like permanently and not on loan, maybe it gives him that extra boost. But he said it like he's just there to train. So I, you know, it's not like he's fighting for a spot in the team. He's gonna go back to Madrid in like two months. So I, I don't think it did. Um, 
I don't know. I, I don't think it had that big a role on Bale. I, I'm sure it had a bigger role for some of these other guys, but in regards to Bale, I, I don't think it was that big a deal. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm kind of not excited. I'm interested to see what happens with Bale this summer because I don't think it's 100% that he's going back to Madrid. And yeah. if he does go back to Madrid, I mean, there's no saying like that they won't move him somewhere else. You know what I mean? I I don't know if Florentino Perez is ready to jump all back in on the Gareth Bale projects as much as he says he's still in. I don't know. Your guy still hasn't learned Spanish. I don't know why there's still such an attachment between the two. They clearly don't see eye to eye. Zidane doesn't like Gareth Bale, you know? Like, I don't know. I don't know. That guy's in, like, a limbo stage of his career where he's still got does he it. Want? He does. That's, he he definitely still weekend. got it, but he's just, like, in the limbo stage of, Maybe just himself not knowing what he wants. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe Can he do that consistently? I think he obviously has the class to do it consistently, but uh, does he have the mentality to do it consistently? Does he have the drive to do it consistently? I, he's got everything that he's wanted to win. He's got the money that he's got an absurd amount of money. Um, how old is he? He's got to be like uh, a little over 30 now. Um, I don't know. He's, he's in like a weird limbo stage of his career where I... I think he just doesn't know exactly what he wants. He's 31. He's yeah. still definitely got good three, four yeah. peak. Or I wouldn't say peak. You know, soccer years are young. He'll start to see a little bit. He's about decline. to enter his Serie A years. Yeah, he's about to enter his <laughs> Serie A years or something. I, I don't know. He's he's in a limbo. I'd love to see him go to MLS. I know it's too early <laughs> in his career for that. I mean, he's definitely he showed so much pace this weekend that it's yeah. definitely too early for him to leave Europe. But... He'd be a fun player to watch, you know. Um, Carlos Vela on one side and Gareth Bale on the other, you know. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with Gareth Bale. We know he's got it. I, I think it's just more of a him thing. I wouldn't pinpoint it on any manager or any anything else going on. I mean, Zidane's an amazing manager. He's one. Of, he's top three he's manager three back to back in, in the Champions world. League, right? So. I, it's not the manager. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a mentality thing for him. Yeah. What um, else we got? We had West Ham. Big win against yeah. Burnley uh, yesterday. Mikel Antonio he back looks. from injury. He bagged two. Uh, I, I apologize to him. I've, I've thought some bad thoughts of him in the past that he was just some big oaf. He's not. He's a, he's a baller. He attacked that header like it was his job, and he's just a great finisher in the box, and he's very composed on the ball. Mad respect to Michael Antonio. He played really well. Yeah, so he gets uh that was a much needed win. If they're gonna keep pushing for top four, they get back to three points behind Chelsea. Um other news around the league, we had Leicester draw one one to Southampton. Um, you know, it was it was a it was a good draw. Um obviously, you know, you'd like to beat Southampton. Southampton was playing down the man, but at the end of the day they, they look pretty set in stone finishing uh in third place this season, uh getting that Champions League spot, so uh, a big draw for them. We had Everton lose to Austin Villa because you never know what Everton team is going to show up on a week-to-week basis. Ali Watkins with a nice uh, steal on Bed Godfrey, and then instead of going down with the foul, he finished in the side netting. That was really nice out of him. Yeah, um, West Brom drew Wolves. Um, looking at the bottom of the table, it's looking more and more likely that Fulham will most likely go down. Um, they're they're gonna have to. We got four games left. They gotta pop, probably win all four. Um, we saw some movement at the bottom there. 
are down nine points, so they're gonna they're gonna have to win all four. They're of done. These games. Cook them, fry them, turn them over. They're out. West Brom down ten points. Out. Sheffield done. Yeah, that's it. That's so, our lock group. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, we're looking at the three teams going down, which we've been looking at these teams going down for I don't know how many months now. So it's looking set in stone. Sad to see. I really enjoyed watching Fulham every like in the few games that we got to watch Fulham. Um, but that's just that's that's what we love about soccer. It's the cutthroat sport that it is. Excited to see who's coming up from the championship. Do you know? Do you got any ideas? We got Norwich coming up. Okay. Um, we have two for sure. Com- we have the two coming up. Uh, I know Norwich is one of those. Watford's teams coming, coming up. up. And Watford's coming up. So and then the playoff right now is looking like it's Brentford, Swansea, Bournemouth, and Barnsley. That's yeah. pretty much locked we'll, in. We'll have to tune into those. I love watching those Are those games. on uh, ESPN Plus? I think they'll be on ESPN Plus, so I might have to come on over here ESPN when they Plus, have it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I love watching those That'll games. That'll be fun. We should do that. Yeah. So we'll definitely be tuning into that. Looking Brentford's ahead. been, sorry to uh, stay ahead. on this, but uh, I've I've caught like a few Brentford games. They got they got some, like they can score some goals. Is like Daryl DK in Brentford or Barnsley? He's on Barnsley, so they'll be in the playoff. Yeah, so we'll have to watch our boy Daryl DK, who's been phenomenal in the championship. Um, he's looking more and more likely to be uh, probably like a, a number player. nine for the national team. He's going to be a player in Europe for a long time. He's really shored that up. He's still owned by Orlando City, though. Still owned by, but he'll he'll get out of that. He's he's looking. Dotson signed for Orlando City. Yeah. Shout out Derek Dotson. If you don't, I know you don't listen, but he uh, signed for Orlando City officially after leaving Georgetown. So that's good for good him. For him. Josh Penn got some uh, some more time in the MLS this weekend. Good time for local Chicago soccer players. Continue yeah. on with the Premier League. Sorry. Oh no worries. Uh, looking ahead this weekend. Big match, Man City, Chelsea, much bigger match for, I guess it's a big match for City. They win, they clinch the league, I'm pretty sure. So they'll, they'll be going out there to yeah. get this thing wrapped up and then focus on that Champions League final. And then obviously for Chelsea, clinging on to that fourth spot. Definitely don't want to drop points, so that's going to be a great game for both. Still teams. a lot to play for, yeah, a lot to play for. And you're going to see teams. cities like whole other team. You're going to see that <laughs> that second team that's literally better than you know everybody yeah. else's first team. Um, other than that, we got West Ham, Everton, big game for West Ham, Manchester United, Austin Villa, um, Liverpool, Southampton. I will definitely be tuning into that must win game for my Reds if they want to yeah. keep pushing. We got Tottenham Leeds, must win game for Tottenham. They are, they are five points back, so it's still doable for them. Um, they actually jumped up uh, on Liverpool. Who? Oh yeah, we have a game in hand, seven points back, game in hand. So we got five games left. So yeah, must win for my Reds, and that that about wraps uh, wraps up the little preview for the weekend. Yeah, shout out to Inter for winning the Scudetto in Italy yeah, for the first time in nine years, ten years. I think years. last time was twenty ten, so yeah, 11, years. eleven years. Shout out to them, Romelu Lukaku, beast, had a great season. Uh, Juventus. A lot of pressure. You, Ronaldo uh, saved them late. Real quick, yeah. While Let's we're do on this Syria, while we're on the Syria topic, I'm gonna be tuning in. Yeah, their top four race is absurd. Um, we have two, three, four all tied on points with 69 points. Napoli in fifth with 67 points, and Lazio in sixth with a game in hand, 64 points. So wow. that's gonna be a crazy. Finish, literally no team is safe two through six. 
We could see any of those teams not make it. We could can you imagine Juve not in the up. Champions League, man? Come on. That's awesome, bro. Ronaldo Come on. Bagging goals in the Europa League. That's Oof. see this right here is this is this right here is why there's no why we hate the Super League cuz there's a chance that Cristiano Ronaldo, arguably the greatest Champions League player of all time, has backpacked multiple teams to Champions League finals and to wins to championships might be playing on Thursday nights with the mighty Arsenal. Who knows? We might be up a little higher. Who knows? <laughs> I, if they Arsenal's got to call off five for oh, Europa, oh, too. Okay, first. we're on body. We, I was glass half full. <laughs> we're going to win it and get in the Champions League. But, um, other leagues, real quick, shout out Ajax. They won the Eredivisie, however you pronounce that. They get the job done. X, and X, then, X. Uh, Forza Amsterdam. Oh, and real quick, before we, uh, while we were on that Ronaldo talk, shout out to him. Putting the team on his back. Yeah. He scored two goals in the last five minutes of the game to get a 2-1 win. If they lost that game one nothing, they would have been out of the top four. If they drew that game, they would have been out of the top four. So, shout out him. Two goals, five minutes. He gets the job done. Real quick, La Liga. We have Atletico clinging on for dear life. They are two points clear of Madrid and Barcelona. So, we got a tight race in La Liga as well. Yeah. Uh... We got Tyrese in uh, the French League, too. Lille, trying to, trying to dethrone the big, bad spenders of France, PSG. Yeah, we got Dortmund-Leipzig this weekend. Uh, Leipzig's in second place. Dortmund's in fifth. Dortmund's in a Europa League spot behind Frankfurt right now and Wolfsburg, who are both having really good seasons. So, you know, Bayern Munich's got that locked up pretty well. Uh, I, think they, I think they won, right? How many games did they play in the Bundesliga, do you know? They played 31. They play... They play 38? How many teams are in the Bundesliga? 18, so 36. They play 36. So 36. Five games left, and they got seven points. At, they're up by seven points, so... It's not over yet. No, not over yet. Just but about. Just about. If Leipzig lose to Dortmund this weekend, it might be uh, might be over, because Bayern played Mönchengladbach. Other than that, uh, MLS and a lot of U.S. soccer is starting to kick off. They're on ESPN all the time. I think there was Atlanta Atlanta United was on tonight. Um, so there's a lot of soccer on TV. I'm sure if you... Yeah, uh, once, once the Premier League finishes, we'll be all MLS podcasts. How about that? I'm excited for that. We'll have to jump into <laughs> we'll the USL in. Championship and uh, down to NISA, bro. We'll have to, talk, yeah, we'll have to cover we'll talk some about NISA. NISA guys. Let's go. So, Big yeah. win for Michigan Stars this weekend over uh, New Amsterdam <laughs> FC. Shout out Devin. He's a baller center back for Michigan Stars. Good good for Devin. Congrats, Devin. Baller. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that about wraps up the podcast this week. We thank you all for listening. We look forward to watching this big game tomorrow, the big games on Thursday, and keeping up with all these league races. That's what we'll be doing. We'll be tuning in, and we hope you guys do as well. Enjoy the game tomorrow, everybody. Thank you for listening. As always, follow us at On the Pitch Pod, and uh, see you next time. Thanks, guys.